Hi, this podcast is all about discussions and interviews with Sierra Leoneans talking about culture, history, education, entertainment, sport, art, current events, music and their personal experiences. We aim to talk about everything and anything. Hi everyone, welcome to Conversations with Sierra Leoneans. Hi Nigel. Hi Mr Reggie. Today we have a special guest, he's my brother Leslie. Leslie, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, hi Reggie, hi Nigel. It's great to be here. Thanks. Uh, my brother Leslie has started a, well, started a website. How long ago was that now? You started the West African Cooks website. Yeah, this, this was about 10 years ago. Um, yeah, let's say it was about 10 years ago. And um, I guess you're going to ask me what, what inspired me. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, sure. What inspired me to to, to put this together? Um, yeah, listen. If you're if you're living outside the major cities, then you're going to struggle to find places where you can find African food uh, in 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 some of your local shops. So that that was one one inspiration. You know, we, uh, visiting other parts of uh, the country outside of London, I'm thinking, hey, you know, what, what if you want some uh, African food? Where are you going to find it? Where are you going to buy it? You know, how are you going to get it? And and you know, it made me think. And then also, um, you know, l- looking at um, um, the shelves, the bookshelves of, of uh, um, the bookshops and the libraries and thinking, hey, you know what? There's not much about West African food. I don't see hardly anything. This is 10 years ago. Obviously, things have slightly changed now, which is very good. But then there wasn't anything at all, hardly anything. So I said to myself, hey, Les, you've got to do something. You're a website designer, developer. You know, you need to use those skills to, you know, put something together. We know that, you know, right now we have websites and, and uh, social media. We can bring um, this information to people. You're skilled at that. Do something. Don't, you know, sit at home uh, hoping for keepers do it. You've got to get off your backside and do it yourself. So that's what I did. I decided to um, put the website together and, um, yeah, on the basis of trying to fulfil those those aims, really, help people find African food and, and uh, if they're, you know, outside of major cities, and also find recipes and and uh, and information about cooking, West African cooking. So that's that's how it kind of started. Yes, I suppose. I mean, that's very inspirational what you've kind of outlined, uh, Leslie. I suppose the question is, what's what was the inspiration behind? So obviously, you said your background was in the software engineering and 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 in other kind of sectors. What kind of inspired you to do this? Yeah, sure, Nigel. Um, as I said, I um, understand how websites are put together. So um, it's just about getting the content together, really. And I said to myself, okay, fine. We, we know that we, um, we've got um, you know, multiple contents from different places. I need to get them, put it all together and, and, and put some structure onto all this. So uh, the main focus on the website is all about recipes. So these recipes were from our aunt, our aunt, um, Dr. Pamela Green. She's a food nutritionist and she put together a book. And I really took that book and um, put those recipes on the website. So the, the main focus is, is, is um, in the recipes. And if you do a search, if you do a search on spinach and a gussi, or if you do a search on uh, uh, jello rice or granite soup, um, hopefully my, my website will come, will come on the top. And it's really about you coming onto the website, finding those recipes, 
enjoying the com- uh, the, the, the content uh, and and that that book that she created many years ago in the 70s is not going to be left on the shelves and and not be used and and, and hidden so really brought to people and 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 then yeah there's a little bit of the commercial side to it as well you know i i can sell some um uh some african food or any type of food on the website as well so so you know if you're doing a search for some food african or not then you can you can come to my website or, or after visiting you know for a search you can then buy some food as well and that can be african food as well well it's very interesting what you mentioned about your your auntie uh pamela green i mean what inspired her to put pen to paper to kind of get these recipes down on what's african food yeah i i believe it was because she um was, well, she was doing a, um, a, a doctorate and she was documenting recipes that had not been documented before. So she knew that um, um, after, you know, in this space as a food nutritionist, seeing that nothing has been documented for West African food, and, and, and this is Creole food, she decided to, 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 to you know, use that for a master's or, yeah, for, for a PhD. So... Um, that was her, I believe, her inspiration, and um, yeah, she she managed to you know make this book pretty famous in in Sierra uh, Leone. I think anyone that's got any interest in uh, West African cooking and especially uh, cooking from Sierra Leone Freetown, they would have heard of heard of, heard of her book and heard of her work. There's not too many other books really that we have from West Africa and um, Freetown, so. Um, you know, right here and now, uh, you know, I'm surprised this, you, you really counting them on your hands. Um, I know they're coming out, there's a few coming out now. Um, there's one uh, lady, her name's um, um, uh, Bradford. I mean, Maria Bradford, I believe. And so she's coming up with something, which is, uh, uh, I think this autumn. So, so things are changing, things are moving along, uh, things are changing. But, you know, way back there in the 70s, there wasn't anything. So she was changing uh, moving, moving things. She saw a gap in the market, or a gap in the, uh, our knowledge, a gap in our in 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 the space. So that's what she was looking to do. Yeah, I think Auntie Pam would be really proud of you making her book sort of like live on because, like you said, it was wasn't even sort of like you didn't you said it didn't even have an ISBN number. Yeah, so. Um, you know, there's going to be not many people that would have had that book. So yeah, well done to you for, you know, for you know putting the content and making it, you know, there for the rest of the world. Yeah, sure. As I said, um, um, you, you you want you want your your you know she's done something. Now I think it's very important. Do you want your life to mean anything? Do you want it to mean something before you know beyond you know yourself and here and now? And and that's what she 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 did. And 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 then. Yeah, so I put that information onto the website, and then another inspiration or bigger inspiration is that what 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 do you want to kind of um, things to be like in in many years time, fifty years time, sixty years time? I want someone you know, like myself to be able to see something like that out there that's already been done, and then for those people to look at that, to say, hey, you know what, we, we can build upon that. We can, we can do things, we can, you know, make things even, even better based on, on that bit of work started. So I think she's started it. 
it's kind of taken aback, and I'm hoping that other people are in the future will look at that and think, hey, you know what? Um, African food has, has come a long way. Uh, food from Sierra Leone has come a long way, and, and and we're now we're now starting businesses. We're now doing some. Um, you know, good inspirational stuff. Food from West Africa is very uh, nutritional. Um, there's been lots of studies. Um, you need to you need to look at some information from the World Health Authorities, uh, and and you you'll realise that a lot of the superfoods and the fantastic foods that come from West Africa, um, yeah, you know, eating them, and more people need to know about them. And and it's funny. The other day I was eating this. Um, uh, like peanut butter snack and I was thinking to myself well, yeah this is lovely you know it's great I don't know one pound two pound whatever it's called yeah and um, there, there's some African food and it's the same thing the only thing is it's just marketed it's near enough the same damn thing it's just a peanut butter snack uh, and and you can get this in in uh, uh, you know on the streets of uh, Freetown so we're just not, we, we, you know, I, I, I would love it if, if um, you know, more of those foods could be developed, marketed and, and uh, brought to the West and, and people of um, African descent are making the money from it. One thing that also struck me about your website is the fact that you've also got kind of beyond West African food, you've got uh, Caribbean food also mentioned as well i mean what's the connection between sort of caribbean food and other foods and west african food yeah um there's heavy connection we know that the people of africa were moved to the caribbean now moved on to the americas and they they travel with their ideas they travel with their knowledge they travel with their um with their energies their passions their foods um I actually even heard this one thing that um, uh, obviously when you when you start a, um, a website like this, you, you get in contact with other people as well. People uh, were, were even tied rice into their hair because if they're on long journeys and they needed food, they'll they'll then untie the rice from their hair to to use that you know for wherever they were going. So. There's many, many hidden stories, there's many uh, hidden recipes that have moved over. And I don't know whether they were even documented or have been documented in in, uh, uh, in a major way. I, th I think I think they have, because there's a couple of people that, that I, I follow online that have done a little bit of work. But yeah, it, the, the Caribbean foods are foods from Africa. I, I like to think of it like uh, music lots of music the origins come from africa yet they've landed elsewhere and they've slightly changed so the music of um the caribbean is inspired by africa the music of um the southern states is inspired by by africa the the music of um the brazil latin influence and uh is, is inspired by the, the african congo so it's the same with uh, um, West African food and all of the foods of Africa. And we're talking about the foods uh, that have influence as well by, by India. Indian, Indian food is, is, is uh, in African cooking. There's a fusion, there's pure, 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 pure African food. 
there's um, subtle differences. And then, you know, the, the Caribbeans is, is a totally, you know, they've got different foods, they've got different um, uh, flavours of, of the food. But the inspiration, the, the, the knowledge, know-how, a lot of it's come from Africa. I'll tell you what, Les, tell us about the opportunities that you've had, um, you know, from doing the website, because this has led on to quite a few other different things that you've done. I mean, you've been on sort of like food panels and uh, you'd have to tell us the story about the uh, jello rice competition that you told me a few years ago. But yeah, just tell us about the sort of like the other um, sort of like opportunities that you've had just based on doing the website. Yeah, so... Um... When you, when you get involved with this and you post a lot of the stuff up on on uh, social media, you have lots of following. And then I was really active, really active in, in searching down what's going on. So, you know, you realise that um, there's things such as meetups and um, people are meeting up at various different African restaurants or, 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 or you know, places where African food is, is 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 being served. So that's what I was doing. I, I, I was searching out for those events, searching out for those restaurants and searching out for those people. And um, yeah, started to run the meetup group. That's called London States of Africa, by the way. And, you know, in amongst that, you, you do start meeting other people and you start looking at the festivals that are put together. You start looking at the um, uh, people that have, a, you know, an interest in this. and um, yeah, so there's two competitions that um, ran a few years ago, more than a few years ago now. One of them was the Jail for Ice competition. The other one was to find um, talent, uh, writing talent in, you know, in African food. So that was, um, that one was a good one. Um, there's a, a, a lady, her name's um, Jessica Oladitan, and um, sh she um, got, um, well, she was approached by a book, book publisher and um the magazine read and they were looking to run a competition for to find a writer to uh, write african food an uh, african food book and um then um jessica got me to to go into the panel to find that you know to help me find that or help us all find that writer now the saddest thing about this um is that um the people in the book publishing world and the magazine world don't have enough people of colour in their organisations to, you know, run a competition and, and then, you know, kick it off themselves. You know, they have to go and search for people like myself and, and, and Jessica to to, uh, to help them do that. And, 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 you know, things are not changed that much. And, and that's the thing that really kind of got me. And that's another reason why, you know, I've decided to obviously keep on pursuing this... Um, uh, project with uh, West African cooks. So yeah, we got together with that, and, and in the end, and uh, quickly to go to the end, we, we found someone. Uh, I actually knew of her. Anyhow, her name's uh, Lope, and she was um, a young lady out of college, and she, um, I think she was um, a science graduate, I believe, and did a heavy, heavy degree, heavy degree, and but, but she was also into into cooking African food. Nigerian food and and uh, yeah she won the com competition and you know if it wasn't for myself and Jessica and a few other people that that were on the panel I don't know what these people would have done really um in terms of finding you know um 
or you know people to to have, um or uh, someone that could potentially be an author for this book okay then the, the um jennifer Ice competition yeah sure um nadia our friend nadia nadia maddie she knew of a uh, of a of a, an organization down in south london near brixton they were just looking to you know promote african food so they had the jellyfries competition they have a competitions as well to try and promote and get us eating healthy food and um had this jellyfries competition invited me on so we just had a number of uh, people um come together and, and we just um on the panel tasting that and jello fries yeah and, and jello fries is is cooked all over west africa so my um takeaway from that is that if you want to be a judge on that you really have to uh, have um have an idea of what is being you know how that that recipe is being cooked in nigeria how that recipe is being cooked in senegal how that recipe is being cooked in the gambia how that recipe is being cooked in in guinea in different places because they all have a little bit of a of a different take so um yeah that was an interesting thing to to uh to get involved with and and uh yeah people took to that and, and that's great it's great yeah. Tell us about, did you say there was one guy from Ireland that did it? Or was there one guy? Do you remember yeah. that? I remember you telling me. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that one. Because <laughs> yeah, he had a different guy, take on it, guy, didn't he? This, yeah, this guy, I don't know where he came from, but he's an Irish guy. And and he was cooking it as well. And um, <laughs> the, the chief judge threw it out. But hey, listen, I, I'm, I don't know if it's a blind taste or, or, you know, when he when he threw it out. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But um um, hey, listen, that's good. You know, we want more people to be eating African food. We want people to be trying it and, and uh, finding out about, our, our, you know, our, our cultures. And, and you know, I, you, you can kind of laugh at it now, but then would you laugh really too much of it if it was if, if that person was cooking Indian food? Because Indian food is kind of established. So I prefer it to you now, Reggie. Would you, would you laugh now? Maybe not. No, it's just, just the way you. I think it was just the way you described it at the time, and it was uh, it was quite uh, it was quite funny, and it was it's not something that I expected for you know for someone from Ireland <laughs> to, to be yeah. coming on yeah. and doing um, uh, you know cook, trying to cook jello rice in a competition. Yeah, I mean, so you know, that's, that's very true. That's very true. That that, that is very true. Um, it's open to all. So um, <laughs> uh, and, and and then yeah, but we we know that. Um, one thing's for certain that the food we cook today wasn't the same food that our mothers cooked or fathers cooked um, uh, in the years gone past and the years before that, before that. Everyone has a different twist on it. So, yeah, hey, listen, yeah, very funny at the time. Maybe in the future, his version of Jennifer Rice might be the one that we all eat. Who <laughs> mm. knows? And, and that's it, that's it. I think he made his jello fries with Guinness. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I remember. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it because I couldn't remember what the, what the story was. But yeah, he actually put some Guinness in there. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah, sure. I can remember now. He put Guinness in the jello fries. I don't know how the hell that got through. Sounds very Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, did, what did you? Can you remember what the taste was like or not? Or was it? <laughs> I, I can't remember. You know, I, nah, I can't that remember. was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. this, uh, wow. mm, okay. I mean, you raised an important point there. I mean, 
what are the kind of the barriers to entry for sort of West African food going mainstream? I mean, obviously you see a few more restaurants than before across London, but it's not, as you say, as established as say Indian food, Chinese food. Same thing seems to be the case in the States as well. What would you say are the things that you think are the barriers to entry for African food kind of making it mainstream? You know, um, I spoke to one of my friends um, the other day. Her name's Vic, and she's part of um, this meetup group that we got. It's called Lantes of Africa. And um, I said to you this, Nigel, yeah. And when's the last time you went to an African shop? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I think not in a long time. If, uh, years, probably. Really? I mean, to just to buy, let's say you went to, to buy a plantain or you went to buy, I don't know, um, some sauce or whatever. No, not recently, no? I'd say probably the last time I went to an African shop probably was probably two years ago, but I do order from African restaurants when I can. So Okay, okay. Well, that's that's one problem. People like you need to be, you know, going there. It's as simple as that, yeah. And what about you, Reggie? Uh, well, you know, we've got the, um, well, I suppose it, um, we've got the one in the green, Edmonton Green. Um, yeah. I went there a few weeks ago to get some agusi. Always try and go there to get some okra and stuff like that. So, what was your experience? You know, uh, well, if you, if you, well, you know the one in the green, in the Edmonton Green. It's a bit, um, it's, it's it's outdoors. It's not like a, it's like a stall, to be fair. It's not a shop, is it? It's it's like a stall. I don't know. The experience is okay. I mean, I go in there, get my food there, um, the lady is there. She's always quite helpful, and um, she's got a smile on her face and stuff like that. I think it's yeah. I think I think I think it's. I, I mean, I like the. I, I think the experience is good. Sure. Now, I, I think that the the, the experience you're t- talking about is probably typical. Yeah. Um, however, this this experience is not the experience which um, drives major profits and growth. Mm. For instance. I, I, I can tell you right now, you are probably waiting around to be served. Someone, an African woman was in front of you. She dumped her stuff on the counter and then probably <laughs> went back into, into, into the whatever, yeah, looking for some other stuff. Then she came back to the front. Then she was talking to the, to, to the cashier. And then you're waiting around. And this is, this is, it probably was something like that. Is that, is that something, am I, am I describing something out of the, you know? Yeah, yeah, just, I've just got used to it. But you're, but, but one thing you, on top of what you just said, you don't see many um, white people in there. That's for sure. Uh, in, okay. the, in that store. I, it's always, yeah, the, the typical, yeah, you know. I'm talking about customer care, turnover, yeah. get their money, get them out quick. Yeah. yeah, not reverence and deference to the African mama and, 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 and you know at the counter. Yeah, yeah. See, we need to be making money faster. We need to be be more aggressive. We need to be more slicker. We need to be more sharper. We need to get the spreadsheet out. We need to be thinking about the, the legal aspects of of doing business, and we need to be up in our game. When you go to any top class um, uh, business on the high street, they have people on the tills. They want your money. They, they're moving it quick. They're, they're sharp. They're looking ahead, looking far. We're still doing mums and mum and pup um, type stuff. So if we don't, you talk about barriers, Nigel, we, we need to get over that barrier. We need to start getting younger people that have got a different mindset that are going to drive the agenda and drive it fast, hard, and want to make some money and, and, and want to bring new things to the market, bring them successfully to the market, sustainably to the market. 
I tell you, I think if someone comes along with that attitude in mind, they'll sweep up. So I, I so really and truly, I, it's just professionalism, and that professionalism comes with um, a deep understanding of skills, experience, and, and education of, of how it is to run a food business, whether it's a restaurant business, whether it's a, um, a food shop. Nigel, sorry, what do you think of that? No, I, I, I think I think that's probably that sounds about right. I think I think I think one thing I kind of also glean as well from what you're saying is that overall, um, customer service might also not kind of be there beyond just to kind of get people in and out and understanding the fundamentals of business, but also maybe sometimes the customer experience, which is all part of kind of attracting business, isn't always as sharp as it should be. Um, so I think that's another angle as well to probably look at as well. It's, it's fine. However, it's not conducive to making money. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, obviously, probably back home, things are probably a little bit different. Uh, but here, obviously, it's a different business environment. And I think people just need to adjust. And I think, like you said, I think definitely when you look at kind of high street, Chinese, Indian restaurants, shops, whatever the case may be, they've obviously adapted what they've kind of got back home here. You can get away with this forward. for a short period of time, yeah. Basically, you can get your family in and they can do some free work. But at some point, they need to get paid. If they're not getting paid, then they go somewhere else where someone is paying them and then their business dips. So you need to have a strategy whereby you can keep making money and then you can you, you can make mistakes, but you're always making money. And then you can you can then turn this wheel of of uh, uh, of um entrepreneurship round and then make more money and then hire more people and then you grow so it's that it's that um yeah I, you know it's not a barrier i wouldn't say it's a barrier i'd say it's it's a um, um vision yeah the other thing that people also talk about as well as they say that there isn't sort of support within the community for some of these businesses so for example you know people say i mean there's a similar argument about Caribbean restaurants having not kind of struck gold in the UK. Everyone says Caribbean food, it's African food, it's quite tasty, but for some reason, they've not been able to be as well established as these other restaurants. And some people say that it's to do with the fact that the community doesn't support um, these restaurants and probably we're used to home cooking and going out to, you know, maybe go to some of the restaurants isn't necessarily what we're used to because we get it at home. What do you make of the argument and, and that kind of approach of what people say? Yeah, that, that's um, always been there. However, there are more and more African restaurants and, and businesses coming around. So I think people are, are, are kind of slightly changing. Um, I mean, we, we do need to have, you know, a place where, where we can go, right, that's, that's fantastic. And we're getting, you know, great all-round service and the food's great. So, uh, you know, we're not talking about just, um african people we need to have you know, the, the regular indigenous people going in there that's where the money's at yeah we, we've always said if you want to make money you need the mainstream you need the you know the, the the well you know in this in this country you need you know the english people to go to african food because you can't rely just on sort of like your own people and you know what you're saying is you know that's, that's that's sort of like one way in terms of going into an african um shop to buy produce but one thing i think you're active in and you're trying to do is these pop-up restaurants 
which um, I mean, in terms of, I mean, before you go into, I mean, what's the sort of like demographic of those pop-up restaurants that you help people and you've, and I know you go to them as well. What's the demographic? Yes, it's mixed. It depends on, on how you market this thing. You, you need to see yourself in the marketing before you step out into any of these uh, pop-ups. So it doesn't really matter which um, um, type of food you've got, really. If you see yourself in the marketing and it's uh, appealing to you, then you're going to go up. I've, I've seen, you know, all sorts of people at all of these different types of events. So it, it really just comes down to how you market yourself. Okay, tell us about the guide that you've done, because I know you've done a guide for people um, to start their own pop-up restaurants. And you've had this guide out for a while, but you know, what was your motivation for that? And you know, why did you go into this area? Yeah, sure. Um, um, it, it, it really was you know, looking at all the things we talked about, how you can improve upon and, and, and start a pop-up. And... Um, yeah, so I just put together that that marketing really that you know that that, that marketing what you should try to do to to um, you know reach reach the market and reach people and reach the people that have got money and and try and do that again and again and again. Um, and but the basis of, of all that and and this is something I've I've learned myself uh, along this journey. I've learned this. You really have to look at the figures. There's two things that. I think I don't really matter who you are, really. I think that two things that I think people struggle with in business and are not good at, and we have to get good at that, whoever you are and whatever business you are in, and that is the figures, and that's the legal side. So the legal side is this is what I'm going to deliver, and you sign off. That's what I'm going to deliver. I'm not going to deliver any more and any less than that. That's what I'm going to hope to deliver, and these are my terms and conditions, and this is my price. And this is what I'm looking to charge and be good at that, but not just good at um, putting the price up, but understand how that price breaks down. So you know what goes into that meal. When I talk about covers, they break that down to what, what ingredients goes into that meal, what time and effort goes into that meal. Because a lot of time you can do a lot of work and, and, and you don't put that into the spreadsheet and basically you're working for nothing. You're working underpaid. It's tough, no matter what, in the food industry. Um, there's so much um, competition there, plus also the price of food is, um, yeah, if you're not getting it from the right place, you can undercut yourself or, you know, you can you can damage yourself. So you need to be serious about all those things, put it into a serious spreadsheet, look at the fluctuations and, and then, you know, run with that. Uh, that sounds pretty pretty interesting. I think kind of outlines uh, kind of a, a basis for kind of going forward with some of these pop up shops. I mean, what are, what are some of the if you if you're able to kind of state them? What are some of the ones you've seen that are maybe you've been most impressed with? Um, I know there's obviously some out there like um, that have kind of been started around even by Syrianians, but what are some of the ones that you've been most impressed with that you've kind of maybe worked with or worked on? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention two. Her name's Maria Bradford. She's um, from Sierra Leone. You need to check her out. Um, she's gonna come up with a book soon. And I've I've had her food. She's very good. Um, and there's another lady. Her name's Larata. You need to. Um, she's um, doing food from Nigeria. She's gonna get a book that's gonna come out in September as well. So you know, those are two people uh, that have had um, successful pop-ups, and and they're trying to do things at a very high standard. You'll have to give us those details and we'll put those um, sure. Put those in the show notes. 
Okay. Nigel, if there's any other questions, I just wanted to sort of like, well, just get an answer from um, from Les, you know, what the future is of, of Sierra Leonean, well, well, not Sierra Leonean cooking, just West African cooking in general. Oh, let's, let's, say, let's just say the whole thing, African cooking in the future. You know, where, where, where do you see that going? Yeah, um, I see it being positive. I see it being positive if the next generation can move with it. They can see what's out there and then push things forward. This weekend is gone. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ghana in the Park. Mm. Yeah, well, um, the, you've got many people of a younger generation going to events like that and they're eating African food. They know about African food. So those are the ones that need to be going, hey, you know what, I, I'm going to take my inspiration. I, I can see what's happening here. I want to, you know, develop it further. You want to see the younger generation. And, you know, we're talking about you need energy if you're going to get into food and you want to make some money from food or you want to make a business out of it. We need to see those people developing it. So and that's my hope. I'm hoping that, you know, those events, there's a few people that that, that look at that and they think, you know what, I, I, I think that I can make this thing work. I've got good connections. I, I can look at suppliers. I can, I can you know, work with other people. I'm, I'm professional. I've, I've gone to college. I've, I've got the, the skills, the high-class skills, not just the... Um, say the marketing skills but maybe it's the skills in 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 um you know running a running a, a bit a business or or um it could be catering skills high class catering skills if, they, if those people have been trained educated here can take that on board then yeah there's a great future and that's what i mentioned Lorato and, and um, um maria bradford those two have, have uh, got high class skills yeah, so I think obviously you mentioned you were uh, judge for a jollof rice uh, competition, uh, Leslie. I mean, so what do you make of the jollof wars, and what's your what what uh, what country are you going for in terms of uh, who kind of typically wins that jollof rice war? Hey, you know what? I, I'm I'm I think it's a bit of a I don't know a bit of a joke, really. <laughs> um, and and the reason is because we know that West Africa was carved up and. Uh, <laughs> what you're doing is, is you're putting uh, Nigerians against uh, um, Ghanaians and, and uh, the, the, the jollof rice really came from the region Senegambia and if you know the Senegambia region it, 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 it's, a, it's a region not um, how it is you know one strip of a country down the river um, Gambia and Senegal around it that's, that's you know it was all made up so uh, hey, if you want to like have some fun with it, have some fun with it, and if you can get Jello Fries named to to um, be um, amongst the masses, that's fine. That's that's great. <laughs> and also, I mean, what did you make of? Uh, did you ever catch that uh, recipe that John, Jamie Oliver came out with for Jello Fries? I mean, do you think that was good for promoting? West African food, or or do you think that kind of uh, you know some people were saying it's cultural appropriation? I mean, what what are your perspectives on that? Uh, yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of of, of Jamie Oliver. We we should be trying to promote our own. Um, oh, we are Africans of people of African descent should be trying to promote our own um, chefs. So so, but I understand it. I understand the weight around it. You know, he's a he's a big powerful guy. 
and you know when it comes up with something like that and people can can hey you know what people have to take it amongst themselves to own their own things and then promote things so you know i've gone ahead i've tried to do something push the dial with west africa cooks people have to really say hey you know what i need to do do it myself see if i can make some money you know understand this is what jaylee waters is about look look into depth what he's doing look look how he's come from how far he is to now see if you can do that with african food and so don't really put it on him you know it's fine he can if he wants to do whatever he wants to do that's fine you look to do what you need to do yourself and and then try and um move the dial instead of um letting other people move the dial and you mentioned uh, some pop-ups uh, restaurants that you kind of uh, you kind of recommended. I mean, have you heard of this other Syrian uh, pop-up restaurant, um, Creole Canteen? And, and what do you make of it? If you if you have heard yeah, of it, yeah, I, ha- I have. I have. I've been. I have been to the event, in fact, and uh, the guy's name's Joe. I met him a, month, uh, a few times, and and yeah, fantastic. Um, he does some good stuff, and I believe that he started this thing from his father. I think. Um, but yeah, I've eaten his food, and, and again, he's he's trying to um, get people to try African food, try food from Sierra Leone, and um, I wish him all the best. One thing that people who enjoy West African food talk about is beyond this kind of what we discussed about customer service and so forth. They talk about um, presentation. Uh, what do you think? How important do you think is presentation in sort of the promotion of West African food? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if I go back to um, Maria, Lerato, and even Joe, that they do a good job of um, um, making sure that the food is presented well, as well as it being tasty. So no matter where you go, uh, that, that that's very important. Um, I know that um, some of the chefs that we, you know, have encountered have, have decided to train themselves up. And I mean, that they've, They've attended some of the, you know, top um, um, schools, so they have an idea of, of what it's like to present at this high level. So that's very important. We need those people at the top. We need those people. There's another guy. His name's Lawrence. He's got a pop-up restaurant in the centre of uh, London, um, Piccadilly area. Again, he he's doing some fantastic stuff. There's another lady um, in Brixton. Her name's uh, Ada Joke. She's um, Nigerian Hauser. Again, she's trained. She knows her stuff. So, yeah, presentation counts. And also, I guess, in terms of your own personal experience, I mean, did you grow up eating a lot of West African food? And if so, what were your favourite foods when you grew up and have they changed now that you've obviously got the wider experience with West African food? The, the food I love is okra. So that's the number one food, and, and that's you know, been eating that and, and you know, with, with mother really, mother, you know, my, my mother, Lena Lee, she's the one that's uh, um, opened my eyes to African food. So, um, you know, through that, we cook with her. And um, yeah, that, that, that's my, my number one food really, okra, I must admit, that's the, that's the one I like. And, and yeah, that has inspired me to, you know, check out other foods from around the region. So I've done some traveling to other parts of West Africa. I need to do more. I'd like to do more um, to you know, look at the different variations of African food. But yeah, they, they are all based on on leaves, um, groundnut. Um, 
you know, you know, this is this is um, staple diets or staples that we have in our foods from West Africa. Yeah. Finally, um, in your experience, kind of with these West African pop-up restaurants, do you find that a lot of the stuff that has been kind of put out there is it family recipes? Is it sort of just general kind of recipes that people have maybe more commercialized? I mean, how what's your experience in that in that aspect of things? Um, uh, yeah, a lot of them, I, I believe, uh, family recipes. Well, there's a mix. There is a mix. There, you know, there's a couple of them. They are trained chefs, so they are looking at the ingredients from that part of the world, and and they're putting their own twist on it. So it's not um, traditional African food that way. It, it they they are looking at you know what the market is, what what my knowledge is from cooking in some of these um, um, places that I've cooked before, and not African food but other foods. How can I? You know, bring those ingredients which I know of into 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 the foods, and 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 uh, so 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 they're not they wouldn't be traditional. They would not no no way would the, some of them would be traditional, but some of them, um, the puppets I've been to would it be yes. So it, it's a mixture. It's a mixture. Okay, Nigel, is there anything else that you want to um, ask? No, I think it's been interesting hearing uh, Leslie's perspectives on West African food, where, where everything is now, the status of things now, and obviously what the future looks like. Good to kind of see that within that mix, we've got Sierra Leoneans who are obviously uh, doing quite well with pop-ups and uh, kind of looking to bring out books. And I think the future looks bright. I think, as you say, there are a lot more young people aware of and engaged in sort of, um, you know, in eating West African food and actually promoting it. So I think that's looking very good for the future. That's brilliant. Yeah. And, and, you know, not just, um, you know, people from African descent, you know, but the other people outside, I'm sure that if you talk to um, a lot of the, the children um, that are not from that background, they would have heard of jello fries. So. <laughs> okay. That's, that's yeah. Les, thanks for coming on to the podcast. I'll tell you what You're I want to do. I want to, I want to dedicate this episode to Pamela Green, our aunt. She was one of my favorite aunts. And uh, I mean, I suppose she was the one that planted the seed for you to go on this journey for West African cook. So yeah, and, I mean, and also our mother as well because she. Oh she, yeah, of course, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Course, we, can't, yeah. we can't deny that she's had an influence as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, thank you for coming onto the podcast once again. Cheers. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.